0: Sometimes I think men think they have all the answers, so they think they know why the their partner um, is acting the way they are, or they know what they want. And uh, the truth is, most of the time they don't, because if they really they really did, then they'd be able to show up in that way. So I think also highlighting uh, the areas that that men get really tense and and feel insecure themselves, because if if you spent your whole life kind of pretending that you're tough and that you don't have any insecurities, you're just gonna it's going to be hard to connect with you so so helping men get in touch with their own insecurities yeah. their own deeper emotions
1: welcome to the Phase transition podcast In this episode, I have a candid conversation with Advanced Relationship Coach Bryce Bauer. He's the husband of Jenny Morrow, who I just had on the previous podcast episode. This episode is more geared towards single men. Coach Bryce will tell us more about how single men looking to have a more meaningful relationship can start if they feel a bit lost on how to meet the right person and how to do the work on themselves. Coach Bryce's self-development first began when he was admitted into a drug rehab facility 13 years ago. He had destroyed every relationship in his life and finally realized that he was the one who needed to change. This experience opened up new doors for him and he spent six years working as a wilderness therapy guide and residential counselor. Although things looked good on the outside, he still struggled with intimate relationships. He was mostly emotionally unavailable, naive, avoidant, and quick to blame. After another bad breakup, he decided to move to Hawaii and start over. That trip turned into a two-year adventure as he traveled around the world. When he returned to the US, he was extremely motivated to find a partner and create a long-lasting and loving relationship. He then met Jenny Morrow. They have been married for a few years now. She introduced him to the relationship school and so his his relationship coach journey began then. Today, Bryce does his private uh, coaching as well as group coaching for men who want to develop an advanced relationship with their partner. You can find more about Coach Bryce in the show's notes and I hope you'll enjoy this podcast. So Bryce Bauer, welcome to the Phase Transition Podcast. I'm really excited for you to to be on the podcast and to have accepted to come. Yeah, it's, thanks for having me. You're, you're very welcome. It's a bit unexpected. I, I wasn't going to have you on like right after Jenny, but then I thought it would be the perfect next episode so that we could have more of a man's perspective since it was very women focused and me focused. (laughs) So this time around, it'll be a little bit different, but why don't you introduce yourself, you know, tell my audience who you are, what you do, and then we'll, we'll go from there.
0: Okay, sure. So my name is Bryce and I am husband to Jenny, who was interviewed here last time Um, I'm a relationship coach and men's group facilitator. I live in Layton, Utah, and I love being outside. I love helping people. I love deep conversations. I recently had a big injury. I I tore my Achilles tendon, so I'm dealing with that now this year. But uh, yeah, I'm an active person that loves to connect with people. So that's me in a nutshell.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So, what I'm interested to know is your version of how you and Jenny met. And then maybe you can glide from that to how you came about to both become coaches.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's Relationship see.
1: Relationship coaches.
0: Yeah. So I think the one the one thing that stands out that people are surprised by is that we met on Tinder. I had just got done doing a, a two-year trip around the world. So I was really disconnected. I didn't know where to meet women. I only ran into guys, I was at the gym, or I had guy friends. So I resorted to online dating, um, and didn't have a lot of great success in the beginning. And another fun fact about us is that Jenny's nine years older than me. So I had set my preferences to like five years older, five years younger. And when I didn't have success there, I was like, okay, I'm only going to date people that are older than me, I'm going to set my preferences to up to 10 years older. And Jenny and I almost instantly connected, swiped right, and met up for coffee. And I mean, the rest is history. Like, we met up, and I think we just hung out like every other day for months until we were official and exclusive. And I, I loved, well, I liked Jenny. I don't know if I loved Jenny, but I, I, I really enjoyed her company from the, the first moment I met her. Her energy is, um, is really amazing.
1: So I want to ask you, maybe for the guys out there who are still in the in the single category, like, what was it with like younger women that you didn't like that made you switch to, you know, you you to older older women?
0: I, well, I don't want to make too much of a generalization because it was and a small. So you, know. you
1: were in your twenties, right? When, yeah I was 26 okay, so, when
0: Jen I just, met. Just
1: so we understand like older it wasn't that old yeah. she was <laughs> probably late 20s or early 30s or something so
0: yeah I was, I was, young. <laughs> yeah I was I still am young I'm 32 but I was yes. 26
1: at that point and uh,
0: yeah dating women that were in their early 20s um, yeah I was having a hard time finding people that could show up on time for dates that wanted to go from texting to actually meeting up in person Um, i found that to be challenging and i knew what i wanted at that point i had i had lived i had done a lot of the things i wanted to do as a single person including just i just spent a couple years traveling so i really wanted a committed relationship and i was very clear on that so if there was any sign that um, this person was still attached to someone from their past or they didn't really seem that committed or they couldn't really show up emotionally then yeah, I was ready to move on pretty quick. So, that's what I mean by unsuccessful. Just wasn't wasn't clicking. That's underwear.
1: that's really impressive for like a 26-year-old M.S.A. like to be <laughs> that, you know, um ready for like a long-term relationship and, you know, not wanting to play around. I mean, it's it's really unusual. And I did tell Jenny that that, you know, just your couple in general, like the way you met and then everything about your couple, is so unique
0: yeah, <laughs> in so yeah, many ways. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very different in a lot of ways, too, not just the age thing. And I think, lo- you know, loneliness played a part in that, too. I was like, I really wanted um, someone to be by me because I mm-hmm. spending that much time alone, even yeah. though I did amazing things, I really realized that part of part of um, feeling happy, and fulfilled is is best done with another person. In
1: mm-hmm. my when experience. you sh- when you share the good, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Okay, just because also it's the it's the faith transition podcast. I know you're you're not your background is is not definitely not Mormon, but then maybe you can tell it like if you were raised in a certain faith or or how how did yeah. you develop yourself spiritually? Just because yeah. you know it's it's part of what I like to share with my audience too.
0: You know, I was raised secular. I think I I still find religion, extremely fascinating. And I think my story is is unique in that I grew up in a secular family in the Bible Belt. So I grew up in Arkansas, where it's like, what do you do for, what do you do for work? Where do you live? And what church do you go to? So we were kind of the black sheep family in our, in our neighborhood, in our town. Um, Everyone was uh, Christian or Southern Baptist. Um, So, I always felt a bit out of place when, when it came to to religion, because it just seemed like everyone around me was involved um, with some type of church.
1: Were you curious at all? Or did, were your parents more like, hey, listen, just <laughs> don't listen to anyone, just make up your own mind, uh, Like they're all yeah. crazy.
0: <laughs> so my parents gave me a lot of latitude to, to make my own choices, which I'm really grateful for. And I've actually studied religion quite a bit, especially Mormonism now that uh, Jenny's ex-Mormon and my in-laws are, are mostly active LDS. So mm-hmm. I've, I've done my research here and I find it super fascinating, but I, I wouldn't say that I ever felt that intrigued to join. Uh, I remember I was like seven years old and my friend, my best friend lived across the street and he'd always come over to play. And so on Sundays he'd get up and go to church and then he'd come over and play at my house. And I remember one time I asked him, I was like, where do you, where do you go? What do you do? And he's like, well, I have to get up early and I have to dress nice. And then we go there and we sing songs. He was Catholic. And I said, that sucks. Like,
1: <laughs> that's I don't not want something to do that. I would... I don't That's not something that. I would want to do. <laughs> no, so that was cool. the moment
0: I decided it wasn't for me.
1: Wow. That's fairly early on. <laughs> I love it. It's like, okay, uh-huh. that's not going to be for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So how... Um, so you said, you know, you, you kind of did your research because you wanted to understand where she's coming from and her background. And was she already out when she met you? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She, yes, she was. She has been out for
0: several years.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that there would have been no reason for you to even want to <laughs> be a part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but one thing that was cool about it is, so I'm, I'm in recovery. I've been sober for 14 years. I got sober mm-hmm. when I was 18. Awesome. So congratulations this was another part of... The dating thing was I wanted someone who didn't really I mean if they did drink it was okay but I didn't want to be with someone who liked to party Mm -hmm. so Jenny coming from the Mormon background she just didn't really like uh, drugs and alcohol so that really fit me and then I was a non-religious person that also didn't drink or use drugs so that was Mm -hmm. a benefit to her so I think we also bonded on that point is like mental health is it was something that was really important to us.
1: Awesome. Yes. And she did mention that uh, during, you know, uh, our interview that that was like her priority to be with someone who was very self aware and, you know, willing and wanting to do the work. And again, I'm like, that's really not easy to find (laughs) because a lot of guys don't want to go there. Like, I mean, or they're not ready or I'm, I'm all about, I I think everyone should, should have therapy at some point because we all have nuts. I always say we all have nuts that we need to undo when we can't do it on our own. So I'm all for it. But also she really opened up my perspective when we discuss when you meet someone, just having that conversation right away, because if they're not willing to work on these things from the get-go, when they may never, you know, if there's is issues or problems in the future, and I never looked at it that way, you know, for me, it was okay, you kind of wait to see if there's a problem that arises, and then, and then you go, you know, <laughs> but you don't yeah, just come yeah. up and say, hey, want to go to therapy?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <day> one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's uh, an important question, like, are you willing to get help if we can't do this on our own? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was a pre prerequisite for, for both of us. And, um, I mean, it's 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 all on how you want to do it. Some people like if you're on a mission, if you want to be efficient, I say get to the important questions as quickly as possible. Um, find out what's up. Uh, I think it'll help dating feel more smooth.
1: I, I like that. I like the not don't delay, you know, the important stuff, because I think to use your language in the just common relationship, not the advanced relationship, traditional relationship, you kind of wait up to, you know, bring up the stuff that really matter. You kind of wait up to really discuss your core values and things like that, as it should be the forefront, right? It should be in the forefront and the first thing you actually discuss. So I really like that that perspective that she gave then. So what I wanted to ask you is how you... Came about, you know, to become a coach. Like, how did you kind of transition into? Was it because mostly because she was a therapist that you were you were like, okay, I can do this too? Or how how did how did this happen? Where, you know, because she had done it for a few years when she met you. I'm, I'm gathering. Yeah, she
0: had already been a therapist for almost ten years when we met. Mm-hmm. I think maybe eight years. Yeah. So my story. I mean, the the quick just a little background is I went to a drug and alcohol facility when I was 18 years old. So it was a 60 day program, a therapeutic program. So I really got thrust into self-help and therapy at a young age. So coming out of that, I saw a therapist, I saw coaches as a client, and that's what I really needed to, to get my life on track. So I had that background. After that, I moved out to Utah at 21 to work for a therapy program as a just a residential counselor, um, not as a therapist. And so I was already in that, that space. So when I came back from traveling, I wanted to do my own thing. So uh, I finished up some of the coach training I had started. And so by the time I met Jenny, I was already like moving into my coaching practice, but I wasn't a relationship coach that felt, that felt different um, I was kind of billing myself more as a recovery coach cause that's, that's my background. But when I got with Jenny, there was just something different about the way that she operated, the information she had that really interested me. And so we started getting help as a couple from a coach and that just started to really light me up. I was like, this is fascinating. Like, even though I'm doing this coaching work over here, it seems like no matter what, it always ends up, uh, Connecting to relationship in some way, and so uh, yeah, I ended up getting connected with this school called the Relationship School, which is run by a, a couple that are both marriage and family therapists, and they teach coaches. So um, I connected with them about four years ago, and that's that's when things just really clicked. I was like, "This is what I want to do. I want to focus all my attention into this because I think this is what's most important."
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's really great that you you came together on this and, and you had your own you know coaching background which which was different but then uh in the end uh what i really liked and in fact so a friend of mine introduced me to your material to your podcast and that's how i i first connected we jenny and i had connected on on facebook like a couple of years ago just kind of randomly but i had no idea Really, who she was and what she was doing. A friend of mine introduced me to to your podcast, the Advanced Relationship Podcast. I'm like, this is awesome. I really love this. And wait, but what I found fascinating is how you implement everything you teach, uh, you know, with yourself, and you use yourself as an example of what you teach. And you seem to be. And and she did that throughout the interview, like the that we did together, where she would. You know, she would talk about, you know, the the principles of the theories, the values, and then she would show how she applied it. She would use examples in, in, in her own relationship on how uh, she applied that. So so how is that for I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's the same for you, like you, you kind of apply all these principles or is she doing that more than you? Or
0: <laughs> like how do I practice what I preach? Yes, yeah. I, I do my best. Um, I mean, it's, it's like being a, a personal trainer. Like I got to be in the gym myself. I got to be in shape. Um, I have my practice partner here. We live together, sleep together, share finances. So there's always opportunities for things to come up. And and we do, I think this surprises people sometimes, even though we're relationship coaches, we do have, we do have quite a few sticking points and we do get into conflict. And, um, I think we're both pretty expressive when, when it comes to, to conflict. And I think, at the same time, we have a lot of tools to work through it, but it doesn't mean that we don't fight. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I say fight, I like disagree. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, yes. All the time. And mm-hmm. if, if I'm not practicing it in, in my own life, I'm going to start to get stuck with people that I'm helping. So mm-hmm. people that I, whenever I'm helping someone, it's always a mirror into my own personal life and my own relationship. Um, cause I really can't help someone through something if I haven't been there in, in some way, if I don't know a lot about it and understand the nuance.
1: Yes, no, that's, that's great. I mean, and I, I, I get it from the, you know, um, like fitness coaching perspective side, because I've I've done some of that. And it's like, yeah, if you don't live it yourself, it's hard to, to be credible to, you know, the people you help and the people you teach. So it's, you got to do the work. And she, she really emphasized that a lot. So I, I wanted to, to see how you, who, how you lived it. So we discussed quite a bit about my Type of relationship, like the anxious attachment style, and she she really opened up some some doors for me because I was kind of stuck, you know, and and not fully understanding my own behavior because I don't have you know the the same tools and uh, I haven't researched it. I didn't even know the the term until until recently, and so it really helps pinpointing so that you can actually you know work on it. But then. She did say that it was more often a trait of women who had the anxious attachment style in their relationship, um, and that men, a lot of time, were more of the avoidant type. So with that, could you share maybe what you are and then what you've observed from the people that you've worked with, um, especially men? uh, What? What? category would they fall into and how does it work and and what maybe are some things that you tell them or give them to to help with that behavior?
0: Right. So I'm not totally sure on the stats when it comes to men and women and attachment styles. Um, I do think though that regardless of attachment style, men are going to be conditioned to, to behave um, in a way that's at least going to look more avoidant. And I think that that comes from being shown that uh, emotions are weakness and clinginess and neediness having needs is is a weakness so men tend to uh bury those stuff those hide those um and then i think uh, what happens then is it, it kind of shows up as is anger and isolation and frustration and blame um because men aren't really taught and don't have the language to to get vulnerable and, and share what's what's underneath there like what they're protecting so and that's the first answer do you to to your question that's like kind of a
1: so a so point. you you would agree generally speaking that because of how we've been conditioned in our culture society that would be kind of the direction most men would tend to go to not meaning all men are like that but just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. from observation it seems <laughs> that,
0: way. It seems that way that when i'm working with a couple it's it's the woman's wanting more connection and the man doesn't really know what to do um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh yeah. And that could be also because men are more likely to be working outside of the house and be the primary, uh, be the breadwinners and women are mm-hmm. the primary caregivers. So there's probably a lot of factors in there, but yes, true. In my experience, it seems like the men are, are, are less likely to be emotionally attuned to the women and then appear to be more avoidant, or they really yeah. are more avoidant. The, the way that they soothe themselves when they're stressed is to, to go to work or go to the gym or go do their hobbies, get outside. Um, and I think that, can create a lot of stress in the relationship when one person's wanting more connection, the other person wants to leave. Um and yeah, it's easy to build resent and then and disconnection.
1: So what are some of the tools that you give them to learn to understand? Because I'm I'm sure just like me, they probably don't even know that's their relationship style, right? Uh it's it's just it just is and then <laughs> but uh, when what, you do- what tools yes. do
0: they give man specifically? Yes. Yeah, so it depends if it's an individual or a couple. I think um, I think with a couple, one thing that I'm teaching both people to do, but especially that the men is to 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 get curious about their partner's experience. Because a lot of times, I think men think they have all the answers, so they think they know why the their partner um, is acting the way they are, or they know what they want. And uh, the truth is, most of the time, they don't. Because if they really they really did, then they'd be able to show up in that way. So I think also highlighting uh, the areas that, that men get really tense and, and feel insecure themselves. Because if, if you spent your whole life kind of pretending that you're tough and that you don't have any insecurities, you're just gonna, it's gonna be hard to connect with you. So, so helping men get in touch with their own insecurities, mm. their own deeper emotions and showing them to their partner and teaching them how to do that, to, to just go deeper. Um, look, at, look at your partner in the eyes and tell them how you really feel right now in this mm-hmm. moment. That's sometimes something that men have never done in their entire no. life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, I can see how that, that would shift perspective. Again, they have to be willing to do the work, right? They have to be willing to do that, but I can see how that would definitely kind of force them to look inside, right? And force them to to yeah. To be real with who they are and 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 how they feel it, and yeah. for our our singles friends out there, you know, who are maybe that the avoidant type and and are maybe struggling with dating and whatnot, like what would you suggest for them?
0: For for men or for women or both?
1: For for men. So I want your perspective mostly on on men because right. I got a lot from for the women from Jenny. So so they yeah, can I do think- that podcast <laughs> the women. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there is. Was-
0: Before I answer that, there was something that that came up too, which I think connects to the second question is, um, just like anything, men need to be able to see the benefit in -hmm. in whatever they're doing. Like, I'm not just going to like show up on a coaching call and like, get really vulnerable if I don't see any benefit to it. Right. Men being able to show up in that way to learn how to be more intimate, and then they see that their partner leans into them, starts to trust them more, maybe wants to have sex with them more, wants, you know, really... Uh, is feels more positive when they're around them because they feel more connected to them. Men start to feel that and they feel more connected to themselves and their partner and they they feel the benefit. Um, But but a lot of times, you know, I think what happens is you go through the honeymoon stage and sex is great and the connection's Mm -hmm. great and then it gets kind of hard. Men don't know what to do. And then Mm -hmm. all they know is like that it just doesn't feel good right now. Relationship doesn't feel good. So why not end Mm -hmm. it or find someone Mm -hmm. else? Yeah. Dive into my work. Yeah. Um, So so, yeah, and rolling into the, the question, what what can a single man do? I think, I think one thing that they need to do is just get really honest about what they want. Mm. Um, yeah, because I, I think that uh, at, at the core of it, probably what a lot of men want is a really solid relationship where they feel connected and trusted um, and where they're able to have fun and, and be themselves. But I think also at the same time, men are conditioned to like, to, you know, whoever can sleep with the most women and the best looking women, mm-hmm. um, is, is going to get more respect from mm-hmm. other men from society in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're always battling that. So I think it does take some time. It takes some slowing down to get in touch with, with what mm-hmm. you really want. Um, mm-hmm. because I see a lot of men kind of operating on the surface.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I do too <laughs> being single and like, it's, it's funny because I was telling Jenny that, It's like listening to your first podcast, you know, how you met and whatnot, like, and you met on Tinder, which I told her was my least favorite app, like dating app, (laughs) but then she, she, you guys gave me hope that, you know, there are good people out there, you know, and I, I still haven't gone on that one, but, um, but yes, just using the apps in general, right. That if you are out there, that means there are other people that are, um, genuine in what, what they want, you know, but, um. Like you were saying, I mean, because of the way society is and technology today, and and kind of the fundamental nature of man and women too. But it's like, oh, I can I can get a you know new candy every week, and so they, they operate on the surface a lot, and so it's very difficult to find um, these guys who are willing to do the work and you know want something a little deeper. But then. Jenny was helpful by saying, well, you got to figure out what you want to and then lay it out there right away and and not function, you know, the old traditional whatever relationship ways where you kind of wait, you know, you kind of go through all these fun times, but just staying on the surface and then saying what you really want. But then by that time, it's usually too late because, you know, you spend a lot of time wasted a lot of time because in the end, it's not you don't want the same thing. You know what I mean? So yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, and I I think like there there can be a story from both sides that mm-hmm. like there's no more good women out there. Yes. No more, no yeah. More good men. <laughs> and I think that that's detrimental to to being in the dating process mm-hmm. because I mean I believe that most people are capable of showing up in this way, mm-hmm. but they, they just, just don't. Been, you know, they haven't. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: they don't know how yet. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of work can be done really really quickly. Um, with someone that's skilled, and, and I think this is a, a an industry that's growing pretty quick. Because, mm. uh, I mean, relationships the more the more that we take care of like our basic needs, and the world gets safer and more yeah. comfortable. The more uh, I think relationships get highlighted, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that a lot of people are capable of it. Yeah,
1: and d- d- and deep that. down, I mean, just I think fundamentally, that's what we want as. I mean, most of us, as humans, you know, is is just to have that deep security and and you know, bonding that's lasting and solid. But because I think we're a lot of us are are just confused, right? Because of everything that's thrown at us, and then you know, insecurities on both sides, and and um, just all the the messages. I mean, from the t- the moment you're a teenager, uh, you know, where where romanticism starts. To you know, Jenny and I have a, a different history because of the religious path, you know, that kind of was prescribed, which in many ways was for me good because kept me from some heartache and hardship that I've seen other people have. But on the other side, you know, they may have more experience in some ways that...
0: You were raised in the LDS church?
1: Yes. So yes, I was raised uh, Mormon. My my mother joined when I was little. So I grew up in it very conservative very strict so it's it's that very conservative you know upbringing and then being married for 14 years and then divorcing and then you go out in the world and you're kind of clueless to be honest <laughs> I mean I've, I've already gone through a little bit of the <laughs> I've I've done my learning in the past three years but it, it was kind of funny because it's like I come out to the world as a single adult mom but yet super naive and about the world you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm. so it's there's pros and cons <laughs> both ways <laughs> yeah
0: and i mean his like experience doesn't always translate to uh
1: good ex- like, to yeah. Skill like yeah either like
0: people can spend their whole lives kind of learning the wrong ways yes ways yes um and it's if there's an unlearning that needs to happen too
1: yes yeah. yes and that's why i say i'm not totally i'm, I'm not a part of me wish wish I had more experience you know before getting married but uh, but I think I'm mostly grateful for all the hurt I avoided all the heartache and, and a lot of bad stuff I could have gone it gotten into because I just watched my friends around me and many of them just kind of went <laughs> yeah. as you know I mean you know teenager I mean it's hard to find your way on your own when you don't have a prescribed path and that's I think maybe the positive even though I'm, I'm not religious at all anymore I'm I'm borderline anti-religion I'm spiritual non-religious uh I don't like prescribed religion and whatnot but I can see how a prescribed path can also help you avoid a lot of you know some of the bad stuff out there you know what I mean definitely definitely yeah I mean like
0: I mean something as simple as like not having sex to a marriage or you're, you're avoiding pregnancy and STDs mm-hmm. I mean there's there's tons of benefits there I was I was on the totally opposite side where um yeah I, mean, I became really really young (laughs) and um did a lot of experimenting but at the same time I think I came out of that with um yeah a lot of negative experiences too Mm -hmm. where where um I think it tainted my my relationships in another Mm -hmm. way too so um just like two sides of one coin
1: yeah no I can I can see that from just a little bit you know when you go you go back out in The world start dating i mean it's it's with the same and you're more mature right because you're not a teenager who really doesn't know what they're doing or but you you also see i mean there is good and bad but i take it all as experiences right and and what can i learn from this and and how can i what do i want now that i've seen and i've done you know these things like what is it that i really want You, you can just take it like that so from here um i wanted to ask you uh, more about also the man's perspective in the way they view women, and in the way that they and you talked, you touched a little bit on that uh, with you know trying to to understand a woman better. But how, in your opinion, do you see that men sometimes don't get women at all? <laughs> there is yeah. this, and and I'm I'm sorry for my my gay friends here. I'm I'm just not really. <laughs> and if you want to go there you can but I'm I'm just not well versed in how the relationships works and what they're looking for so I'm just I'm I'm talking a lot about heter, heterosexual um, yeah. relationships here and, and not that I don't care about my gay friends but you can yeah, just share it, whatever it, you want. It seems like even in
0: um, gay relationships there will be someone that holds more of the feminine and the masculine polarity mm-hmm. so um, even though yeah I talk about heterosexual relationships because that's just my experience but um, I, think, I think with men to women specifically, one of the biggest things I see that men don't understand is, and it comes from disowning their own sensitivity. Mm. So men see uh, a woman showing her sensitivity or her insecurity, which is a very normal part of just being human. And, and that can be really triggering because if, you, if I as a man have spent my whole life trying to pretend that that part of me does not exist, I'm going to judge that. I'm going to fear that. Um, I'm not going to know how to work with that because I don't know how to work with it myself.
1: So, do they see it as a weakness and something that they should avoid? Like, if someone shows their vulnerability or their insecurity, like too fast or too, you know, too much, or it is something that would be kind of a put off?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times uh, it does seem like men see it as, as a weakness. They see it maybe as an, an annoyance um, mm-hmm. and. I mean, the, the difficult part about it is the more that if I'm showing up to you with my sensitivity, my vulnerability, and you reject me, I'm going to feel more insecure, mm, I'm going to mm-hmm. feel more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see how this can just snowball where mm-hmm. the person that's feeling sensitive feels even more let down, less seen. And it doesn't take too many times before someone really loses trust in, in their partner's ability to really be with them. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, just when that happens, it. it, I don't think it really takes much. Um, you know, we've all been hurt by someone at some point. It's like it's hard to step back into trust once once that's happened.
1: So does that show up show up then later on as being more closed up and and not wanting to open up, like taking more time, or you know, like you were saying, like it's a snowball and it's it's a bit of a vicious circle because then you kind of go back into that. I'm not going to show my emotion. I'm not going to show my vulnerability because it's it's a risk that I don't want to take
0: yeah and it's always it's always a two-way street so I mean I think then then what can happen too on, on the man's side is he's like well my partner's upset all the time
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I'm not and, and probably what's happening underneath is, is he feels shame or he feels guilt that mm-hmm. he really can't show up in a way uh, to help his partner feel safe but if he doesn't know that if he doesn't understand that and he doesn't know how to deal with it what's he going to do he's, he's going to go to things that help him feel better. That's going to, the things that are going to relax his nervous system. So that's why you have alcohol, uh, porn, mm-hmm. uh, overworking, um, going to the gym. I mean, and something like going to the gym can be a positive thing,
1: mm-hmm. too,
0: but, but like, he's going to find a way to, to try to relax his nervous system. If when he's in relationship, things always feel really tense and he doesn't know what to mm-hmm. do about it. And she's going to do the same thing too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: in her own way. Um, and, and so really, the, the work of me, my job as a relationship coach is teaching people how to co-regulate
1: mm. together.
0: How do how do I soothe my partner while staying present with myself and vice versa?
1: It's it's a tough game to be able to to do that, to, to be, you know, true to yourself, showing up as you are, finding out, you know, being there for your partner. But I guess it's a con- that's why it's it's work. I mean, it, and when I say work, it's not it's it's work that's uh rewarding, right? I mean it's it's you gotta put the efforts. I, I think I, I like the word efforts maybe more than work because sometimes when you say work it's like, oh, you know, we gotta this is gonna be like trit you know, treacherous or whatnot. But but it's really enjoyable in the end when you've put you put up the efforts and you get the fruits of, you know, what you've you've put in because you, you want to, to be better in the relationship. But again, it takes two to want that. (laughs) Um, Usually
0: I I will say this, like, and I think Jenny was kind of the leader when it came to us. mm -hmm. Um, Usually one person will lead that. Mm. And so I think um, what I also see people do sometimes is they're waiting for their partner to show up. Mm. I mean, I, I have a few emails just in the last month where someone is saying, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come, I'll come work with you or whenever my partner is ready. It's
1: ready, but it may never be ready.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's, it's mm. up to each individual to start taking the steps forward yeah. um, and getting the help. And, and it's, it's going to change. The mm. only reason the pattern continues is, is if everyone does the same thing. It mm. only takes one person to break a pattern. Normally, there's a relational leader in, in the relationship that, that goes out and seeks some type of help or support or education. Um, mm-hmm. and and then they can i mean through th- they're the example and they can show their partner that like hey this really works mm-hmm. um, so yeah i think there's can sometimes be a fantasy that we're just going to both be gung-ho about this on saturday um at the same time and it doesn't seem to work like that
1: it, it's not it's not like that yeah it, that's another another point that where she helped me like have this little aha moment is that usually i i, I can You know, I would assume that when you go into a relationship, both of you kind of want to work on it and a lot of assumptions. And in reality, if you don't put put it into words, and if you don't have a plan, quote unquote, you know, you don't want everything to be super structured. But at the same time, if you don't talk about it, mention it, it's not going to just happen. So you you have to have space for that, I guess. So, and and that was, because at first I, you know Jenny was telling me how she'd ask you know after four dates or some, something to someone like okay so you know would would you be willing to go to therapy i'm like whoa that seems a little <laughs> you know but then she had a point she's like well you know if you know what you want and you're secure about it it's it shouldn't be something that you should be afraid to ask if it's you're something you value right and I guess with you it's a little bit different because you were already a coach so I'm assuming you were already talking about you know coaching and therapy and whatnot so that may have also come a bit more a a little easier because you were already in that mindset uh, both of you were
0: well I was I was open to I mean she was the one who first suggested we started going to therapy I think we were maybe six months into our relationship because the first big thing that came up was um, like I wanted kids and she Mm. wasn't sure if she Mm -hmm. did Mm. We had to confront that. I mean, we had Mm. kind of talked about it, but it, Mm -hmm. you know, at six months in it's, it's time to really figure out if you're a hard no to this Mm -hmm. um, and that's a non-negotiable for me, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we really need to talk about that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's ever too early to talk about the things that really matter
1: uh,
0: to you. And it just depends what that is.
1: Yeah. And those are, those are really big things. Um, And, and, Every relationship will have those, uh, you know, and, and, it, and you have to know how you're going to work through it. And if you're not, yeah, willing to navigate. And I really admire how, how you you've navigate through it all. Now, any particular counsel advice you would give, particularly single men? <laughs> Where do you start? How do you? Yeah, if, even if it's someone who hasn't thought about it, you know, but now it's like, huh? Yeah. I wonder like where, where, where should they start with this kind of self-awareness? How can I be better in, you know, seeking a a partner and things like that? What can I do? Yeah. Well, I think if,
0: if a man is feeling like he's emotionally stunted, um, Mm -hmm. doesn't really understand him himself that well, I think that's where the work starts. Um, getting individual coaching or therapy or getting involved in group work, um, or some type of support group. Uh, cause I think if you don't have a way to look inward, if you haven't learned how to learn about yourself, then mm-hmm. you're probably going to get, uh, hit the same stumbling blocks over and over and over. And I mean, I'd ask anyone to look at their relationship history and they're, they, they are always the common denominator. Um, so regardless of what happens in, um, in the relationship, like the results are going to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if every partner that, that you're with says you're emotionally unavailable, or you break up with every single person you date and just ghost them. Um, that's on you, and that's on you to figure out. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I think like a lot of men can go a while doing that before it starts to get more painful. So at least I find with men is like pain is something that is to be welcomed because it's it's the thing that often wakes us up. As men, it takes a lot sometimes, like <laughs> to, to get there. I mean, it does for me at least. So yeah that's, that's where I start lear, learning about yourself and uh, learning how to go inward.
1: Right. And, and check out those pain points. Cause they're, they're trying to show you and teach you something and not being afraid to look at them, right. To kind of, at some point you got to dig and um, because they're not, they're just going to be buried if you don't. Yeah. And,
0: and I would maybe reframe that a little bit to, instead of to not be afraid is to go where the fear is. Cause that's mm. where the goal is. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, you had a, a fuck. Um, can I say yep. it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> a yep.
0: Talk to anybody about that. Hmm. You know, like I, I think every, every man should take a look. Um, yeah. there's just about every person has been through some really difficult things in their life. Um, and if you haven't processed it and if you don't understand it, if you haven't made meaning out of it, it's going to show up in your relationships
1: mm-hmm.
0: over and over again in some, some other way.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we are definitely moving and growing in that direction where people are more willing to open up, you know, with therapy and with, you know, self-awareness and, and looking inside. I mean, it's definitely a growing and, and maybe because we talk about it more, especially for man, again, because the emotional part and man is always a little bit of a struggle, right? <laughs> but I feel like that. Is also opening up, and more men are now willing to look there and and not feel emasculated because they're looking into their emotions and trying to be better, you know. But again, I th- I also just from you know, my my dating life and whatnot, like I I, also, I can also see that it's it's still a struggle, <laughs> you know. I mean, at the same time, it's opening up because we talk about it more and it's out there and and people pay a bit more attention. It's not just a woman thing. I'm glad that you know you are out there and I have several therapist friends who I mean they 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 may not focus so much on relationships like you do. It's it's more personal, you know, like personal struggles and um, but it's it's so important. It's so important to make sure everyone knows that it's out there and they they can tap into that. And and quite frankly we can only go so far. Like I, I read a ton of therapy and psychology book and whatnot yet you know when I, as I was speaking with Jenny she just and, and listening to your podcast I just had all these aha moments and like oh gosh i never looked at it that way and this and I didn't know about that and yeah and when you don't know you don't know and you can't progress and you you stay stuck in you know your ways so I'm really glad that you all are doing what you're doing. I think it's it's definitely it's great work. so I just joined her group, her women's group <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited about that because I think it's it's also good to to hear other perspectives you know and and other people who, who may be going through the same thing. Anything else you would like to share or questions you may have?
0: Yeah, let's see. well, it's been really fun having you ask me questions. I, I definitely like talking to everyone about this. And I sometimes it's like, especially women, cause um, I don't, there aren't statistically, there just aren't as many men doing this work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've really, um, I, I take a lot of pride in, in being um, a man who's doing this work. Cause, cause it might not have been my first choice, but I just mm-hmm. see such a need for it. Um, and to have women be curious about a man's experience, my experience, is really yeah it just feels really good
1: well thank Uh, you i'm glad and i hope that you will inspire more men to maybe do that i don't know what you do to kind of open up the field or like are you are you trying to like help more men like look into this and
0: (laughs) yeah i I facilitate men's groups um so i actually have a i do them online and then we have our our first in-person event we were gonna do it last year but this year our first in-person event in southern utah this weekend
1: oh nice very There's nice
0: None of us out there
1: so what does that look like what are you what are you doing is it like a two three day thing or how does that uh, work
0: yep three day thing so we're gonna go out and uh just go out in onto some blm land primitive camp uh we're gonna do some hiking and canyoneering if anyone doesn't know what canyoneering is it's like rappelling down into canyons off like wow. cliffs. Um, we're gonna eat some good food we're gonna meditate in the mornings and then we're gonna do night groups are on the fire
1: nice oh yeah. that's gonna be so yeah. powerful i can already feel it i can sense that yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be, be it songs
0: oh. and get weird and, and wild and yell at the Nice. At
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> powerful experience i like to have my guests kind of give the last words so i'm gonna just let you kind of put your wishes out there for you know Again, it's for men and men and women, but you know this this is kind of geared towards man more this this podcast here yeah,
0: so I think i mean the the one of the things that was popping up for me is that it's safe to assume that that men are just as sensitive and emotional as women. It's just been covered up over time, and it can take a lot of patience and a lot of presence to be able to be with a man uh and and help him be 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 the safe container in which he can go to those those deeper places because it's really scary like when you see i mean i see men act out with anger quite a bit and that's the most acceptable emotion um or like intense emotion for a man to express and all i see there is pain it's pain and i think it's important for everyone to understand that that i think men are in a lot of pain and a lot of shame Um, and need a lot of help right now so Mm -hmm. uh I totally understand why sometimes men get a bad rap for being really aggressive or violent. And, um, yeah, I just see a lot of pain. And I think that on, on, on the other end, it can cause a lot of pain for women too. Um, when men don't know how to deal with their shit. So
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the the message is like, men, you got to deal with your shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And there's a lot, a lot to be gained in doing that. Um, yeah, I think for me growing a relationship that feels really secure where my wife feels secure with me, and where I feel like I can share, show up vulnerably with her is, is something that I never expected, really. I didn't understand that that was even something I wanted. And, and now it's something I don't feel like I could live without.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Bryce. I really appreciate you coming on and um, you know, sharing yourself and what you do and your perspective with me and my audience. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thanks, Juliana. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to the Face Transition Podcast. I want to read a quote from Bryce Bauer. It says, "Love does not make you good at relationships. What makes you good at relationships is education, self-awareness, and the practice of having difficult conversations. Without skills, your love can easily be overshadowed by your unresolved issues. You then begin to associate love with enabling fantasies and disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes you listened to, make sure to leave a review on iTunes or any of the other podcast platforms you use. Make sure to read the notes if you want to get in touch with Bryce Bauer, or if you want to learn more about what he does. This is the Phase Transition Podcast. I'm your host, Juliana. I will see you next time.